0: Hello and welcome to Model View Conversation, America's premier tech education podcast. I'm Brian, Higgins. and I'm Ben Golke, and we are at the end of summer. It is August something something thirty-first. Yes, the very 31st. end of August, which means we're entering Labor Day weekend, the traditional end of summer, beginning of fall, and
1: and even and even more importantly, it is officially the one-year anniversary of Model View Conversation. Hey, we, we launched on August thirtieth, I believe, last year. So Happy one year.
0: All right, and insert trumpet from the the extensive soundboard. If we have a soundboard. We should get a soundboard.
1: We'll fix it in post. <laughs> good, sounds good.
0: And we thought that this would be a good time to look at uh, things that you can do as you begin a new season of life uh, to maybe make yourself a little more well-rounded.
1: Yeah, so uh, I think it's important to under- to remember that whether you are in a... Uh, a profession, right? You you have a career and you have a job. Um, or if you are in school, right? If you are learning on your own or you're in university or you're at a boot camp or kind of in whatever ways you're engaging in learning, which I think is going to be a large portion of our audience, right? People who are trying to to learn this stuff and and build a career yeah. in tech. Um, that really, no matter what situation you're in, there are times where that those goals can sometimes be so important to you or so um, so involving that they kind of tend to consume your whole life, um, and even if it is, let's say, a short-term boot camp or something, sometimes those things are it's worth putting in your all right into that session. So you're you're going to be there for twelve weeks or something like that, and you're just going to just go in, you know, full force and and spend all your time doing it because you know that it is a short-term thing. But if you're in university or you're in a longer boot camp or you're or in particular if you're like you're learning on your own. Um, or you have a job, you finally made it to the point where you have the training and you're, and you're actually in a career. And all those cases where they're longer term, it's really important to remember that because they're long term, you can't run at 150% the whole time, right? It's just you're not going to be able to sustain that um, over time. And it's really important to develop a nice healthy balance with those things and your the rest of your life. And I think it's there's really kind of no too it's not too soon to start worrying about that or to start working on creating a nice balance. Even if you're just starting, even if you're just beginning your journey as a developer and you're just learning, um, it's it's a really good idea to to try to remember that 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 stuff can become all consuming and to do what you can to balance it out.
0: Yeah, there's something about software that seems to really sweep people off their feet and. and develop a kind of consuming passion because one, there's so much that you could learn. It's certainly possible for someone to spend 18 hours a day and feel like they haven't mastered everything. I'm sure that would happen to anyone who actually spent 18 hours a day for any period of time. Uh, You you just couldn't. And so you have to accept that you're not going to know everything and you don't have to. And at the same time, uh, that feeling of, oh, I want to spend my every waking moment with this stuff. Uh, is not sustainable. And so unless you put uh, some kind of constraints on that passion, eventually you'll run out of that passion. And that's a very bad feeling. You end up feeling burnt out. And then you go from, I want to spend every waking moment to, I just, I don't want to ever do this again, which is kind of tragic really to have that sort of uh, change happen in your life.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's the case that it's that you necessarily are going to have a completely finite amount of interest in something, and once if you burn through it too fast, it'll be gone completely. But I do feel like, I think that's a really good point that you just made about, that it's, you know, you need to be able to regenerate your interest in something so that you have more interest to kind of to be able to use up. Um, and if you get really excited about something and you kind of use it all up all at once, it's not necessarily that it'll be gone, but it'll be so low that, like you said, you might it might turn in your head from being an exciting thing to this thing that you dread, right? And so then you're sort of avoiding it. And that becomes a scenario where, you know, probably you'll it'll have diminishing returns, right? And then you'll be at the point where you're like, ah, I'm never touching this again because I've created this really strongly negative impression in my head. Whereas if you use up some of your interest and then you kind of intentionally do something else for a while to allow yourself to basically miss the thing that you like doing that's really powerful. And it can, it can help kind of keep that tank of, of energy, right? Not going to zero, but just, it goes down, you work on something else and it kind of fills back up um, and you can jump back in with, with full vigor and and be excited again.
0: Yeah. I heard an interesting anecdote once of uh, Tiger Woods and his father, and there certainly people have had uh, criticisms of aspects of the, the child rearing that went then, but Tiger, from the time he was about three years old, every day would want to go to the driving range. And so every day he would ask his dad, hey, dad, can we go? And his dad would every day pause and act like he was considering it. Like, well, <laughs> maybe. Just so that uh-huh. Tiger, it, it never felt like a given, like it was something we're definitely going to do. It was always, oh, gee, I hope today is the day that we get to go. And it always turned out that today was the day because he, he wanted to, to take him out every day. But just the The sense that Ben was talking about cultivating that you always want it to be something you look forward to, whether it's golf or some other hobby or software development, you want to look forward to it and you want to give yourself time away from it so that you really look forward to coming back.
1: So in that vein, uh, we now would like to talk a little bit about kind of what are those other things, right? What else kind of can take up your time? Reacquaint yourself
0: in case you've forgotten the rest of the world out there as we sometimes Yes,
1: Yes. So we'll talk a little bit, I think, about some of the stuff that we like to do and just stuff that can be done in general. Um, And I think one kind of important aspect of this is that these things don't necessarily need to intentionally Uh, leave out the ability to use a screen or to engage with technology but it's important to try and remember that the way that you can build up an interest and a desire to get back to coding and those kinds of things is to engage in your brain in different ways and to use you know other tools and things in the world that don't necessarily have anything to do with that Um, so we're going to try and focus on on more we might you know we're going to talk about movies and And all kinds of other cool things that do involve tech, but they don't necessarily have the same, I guess it's a different modality, right? Compared to sitting in front of a computer at the keyboard typing away. Um, So the first one is everyone's favorite, exercise.
0: Uh,
1: I know we definitely engage in exercise in different ways. Um, For those who don't know, Brian is a power lifter. And I am definitely not.
0: Well, uh, less of a power lifter after my spinal surgery, certainly. That's but, true. Uh, that's true. Once upon a time. It, yeah.
1: Still making it to the gym, still lifting heavy things, right? That's that's I, your...
0: I came across the other day the, uh, the physical standards they ask now of people in the army. And so I can say that uh, as far as the brute strength things, I still max out their requirements for guys half my age. So I feel good about that.
1: All right. Well, there you go. <laughs> Plus modesty—it's your, is your best quality. Sure. <laughs> no, that's that's interesting that that you can. So when you say max out, you mean that that, like you know, they have the
0: the scale
1: of yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Wow. And then for other stuff, not nearly as close. And there's you know certainly millions of people gargantuanly stronger than I am. Is gargantuanly a word? It should be.
1: It should be. You just made one, I think. Yes. Um. So exercise, right? It's it's something that everyone loves to hate to do. I think. Um. And it's, and when we say that, we don't necessarily mean going to the gym, getting a gym membership no, and going to the gym not. and lifting heavy weights, right? It can be You can engage in all kinds of ways. I was just talking about uh, VR in the pre-show with Brian about how I have one of the things that I've been enjoying doing and kind of as a side effect is playing. I have an Oculus and playing Beat Saber, which is this game where you stand up and you have t- the controllers in your hand and you basically swat at these large cubes that fly at you. Um, to music um, using these lightsabers and so it involves a lot of swinging and crouching and jumping and Mm -hmm. just you know it's a very compared to like to a traditional video game it's a very engaging game compared to just sitting on the couch with a a controller Um, so I don't do it necessarily for exercise but it's a nice little side effect right that I can engage with this fun music based game Mm -hmm. um, and as a side effect I get a little bit of uh, exercise with it so think outside the box right you don't have to necessarily go with those very traditional things if that's not your not what you like, um, there's other ways that you can engage in that. So I think for you, Brian, you mostly go to the gym. Do you have other activities that you engage in besides that?
0: Uh, Yeah. Part of the gym warm-up and cool-down, because I live uh, just over a mile away, is it's a very nice walk over and back. Nice, And that's um, a time that I spend listening to other podcasts, and so I get uh, an, an influx of information that way. But I also get to spend time outdoors and just moving around and enjoying the sunlight which is very pleasant
1: yeah i've i've actually found um that i tend to now have a sort of a new excuse for doing things exercise wise outside like riding my bicycle or Mm -hmm. going for a walk or whatever because i used i work from home now and so i used to have a commute that was anywhere between like 30 minutes and an hour Mm -hmm. and i had all this time built in to like read a book or to listen to a podcast or whatever Um, and that's gone now because my commute is 20 Gone, feet from my, right. from my living room to my office. Right. Um, so, uh, that's great. I'm not complaining about that. Um, but it is time that is no longer available to me automatically. Right. I kind of have to make time for it. Um, so I find that like riding my bike or going for a walk and being able to catch up on podcasts and stuff like that, you know, engage audio books, that kind of thing. Um, you can engage in nature and get some exercise and you also kind of able to get a little bit of that time back to, 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 Consume the content that you want to consume, like podcasts and stuff mm-hmm, like that.
0: Mm-hmm. And there are a, a lot of options out there. You know, CrossFit is very popular. I know a lot of uh, developers who are involved in that. Or uh, there are different gymnastics programs out there. I know developers who get involved in those things. Uh, there's a, a company, a startup called DevLifts, which is specifically for <laughs> exercise programs <laughs> created for software developers. Why didn't I make this idea myself?
1: Yeah, you could be a millionaire. <laughs> I
0: could have been at least a thousandaire. And um, if only I, I haven't used them, but I've I've heard glowing testimonials from other people. So if you feel like uh, exercise is something you've always shied away from and you wouldn't know what to do, that might be a, a kind of developer friendly way of of finding something and getting some direction.
1: Yeah, there's uh that's a great idea. There's a climbing gym near where I live. Those so they have here, yeah. it's just a, a large warehouse. But it turns out probably to be a great business because it's just a you just rent mm-hmm. out like industrial mm-hmm. space, big warehouse area. They put up a bunch of fake rock walls with the the holds on them, throw some you know, hook some lines up with some pulleys and whatnot, get it all set up and then you're good to go. Um I've done it a couple of times. It's it's an Im- impressively engaging and difficult thing. Like you you would think, you know, you have the harness on and you, if you get on the easy, and I did got on the easiest possible wall. Right. Um, and even still, and it's like, you're just, you're just grabbing hold of things and kind of making your way to the top, which I was able to do, but it's like, wow, this is impressively difficult. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't expect it to be that, that, that involving of your whole body. So that was, but it was, I, I particularly like things that are, um, exercise, but you're kind of, um, tricking your body into exercising. I'm not a huge fan of exercising on purpose, um, just because I find it boring. Um, but if I get to do something else, so like ride my bicycle, rock climbing, um, that kind of thing, scuba diving, all those things where you're, you know, you're you're pretty he- anywhere from tennis lightly to moderately to potentially even very heavily engaging with your muscles and your body. Um, but your kind of your brain is sort of focused on a different aspect of it that tends to work for mm-hmm. me pretty well. So, um, you know, again, think outside the box where right? I don't think necessarily it's gym or nothing. Th- there's all these different ways there's that you can engage, you can do it. Yeah. Right. And get your body moving, um, and learn a new fun thing, like scuba diving. I, about 15 years ago, I got certified and I can tell you that is a workout, like hauling all the gear to the boat and then getting all hooked up. I mean, you're wearing probably between eh, 30 to 40 pounds worth of gear. Um, so anytime you're above the water, you're, carrying that around and and swimming and all that stuff is all very, very engaging, but it's, it's an amazing activity. So it's, it's something that I, you know, I happily do.
0: And for a lot of these things, you can do them. And I think the stereotype among people who don't exercise is that you go and you work really, really hard. And at the end, you're just absolutely exhausted and, and, you know, crippled for the rest of the day, at least. And it just doesn't have to be that way. you, You can do that to yourself. And I've done that to myself from time to time. But in a sustainable pattern, what you can do is you can go and just get the blood flowing and really feel better for the rest of the day. I'll feel invigorated and and more ready to do everything else. Something that you can get to some extent from exercise, depending on what sort of modality you choose, but also uh, an important part of life that software developers, I think, are notorious for not participating in, is just interaction with the other human beings. (laughs) Yes.
1: Well, how does that work exactly? Um, yeah, so socializing uh, either virtually or in person, you know, in but person. just sort of getting in out. Person or, in person is the correct
0: in, answer there.
1: Yeah, it's true. Getting, getting out into the world and, and uh, you know, and meeting other people in, in different scenarios. Um, in fact, you, Brian, have engaged recently in uh, a little bit of that. We, we have some, some alumni from our former code school that yes. currently work at various places in downtown Orlando. Um, And you've been kind of patronizing their establishments just to say hi to them and hang out with them a little bit. And sort of as a side effect, uh, you've ended up um, making some new friends and and talking to some interesting people and kind of, you know, engaging in a way that you may not have otherwise done.
0: Yes. And uh, discovering the joys of of, uh, finely crafted cocktails in downtown Orlando and also finding about uh, Orlando's growing axe throwing scene, which is... uh... (laughs)
1: <laughs> what a burgeoning industry It
0: it really is There's <laughs> one place that's open Another place that is opening And then I heard that the most Florida uh, paragraph it, I ever came across There are two vascular surgeons Who are opening an axe-throwing establishment At the site of a former strip club At the edge of Winter Park uh, later this fall
1: Why wouldn't you? <laughs> yes It contains so
0: many wow. Floridian elements Yeah, one of my favorite little stories. It
1: does, it really does Wow, what it so a vascular surgeon is somebody who works on blood vessels in particular. So yep. that would be like probably both both like life critical things and also and I would imagine also more like cosmetic type things.
0: Well, at least uh, clearing plaques and that kind of things so would maybe not yeah uh, acutely life threatening, but stuff that you want to right. take care of sooner than later.
1: Right, right, right. Yeah. So it's how how wonderfully ironic it is that they're gonna they're gonna open a. a uh, entertainment venue where you throw sharp things in theory at a wall.
0: Right. <laughs> but, I mean, worst, but humans are involved. Worst case scenario, they're creating more business for their other things. That's so really... Just increasing priming, their own demand. Priming I, the pump. Anyway, to get off of the ax It's. Uh, I thought when you started talking about my interaction with some of the grads we were going to bring up the regular brunches that I've been trying to uh Yes. To some brunches and dinners and stuff. Which, that's a, a great way. You just connect with people who you know, and that can be through Slack or Facebook or start up an email chain or something, and just be uh, intentional about it and get together. It's something that I think most people don't fall into on their own, and so what people fall into on their own is they just go to work and then they come home and they put on Netflix and they uh, eat something out of the fridge and then go to the bed, go to bed and think, well, why don't I ever talk to anybody anymore? But if you put forth a little effort and reach out and contact people, it turns out generally people will want to talk to you. You you have friends out there, uh, so just get them to get together.
1: And the idea of like, going to a bar or or any kind of public place on your own and saying, I'm going to make new friends tonight, like That's that hard. to me sounds difficult and terrifying. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> so I wouldn't want to do that, but I, I think... Uh, a really great way to kind of take some baby steps is what you just suggested, right? Where you don't have to meet brand new people. We're not saying necessarily that you have to build a whole new friend network, but people that you already know, we have a, a you know, a built in advantage of having a decently large collection of alumni from our old code school that we were t- teachers of. And so we can say, Hey, you know, we enjoyed hanging out with you when we were your teacher. We would like to continue to hear about your life and your families and your professional progress and all that kind of stuff let's have a brunch downtown on sunday at this time show up if you can right and we we've had probably what anywhere between five to six and as many as probably 12 to 14 people show up at those events which is that's pretty good turnout and and you get to hear about their lives and how they're doing and they they quit this job and they're at this new better company and you know you you get to hear kind of all these different stories and uh it's it's just a nice plus you get to have a nice brunch right which is nothing wrong with that
0: yeah and it's never been easier to to maybe not establish, but to maintain these connections with people you already know through all of the the programs that are out there, all of the social media uh, applications. I think if you only use them to just press the like button and make little comments and stuff and send each other articles, uh, that's what those companies want you to do, and they want you to be on there for hours and hours, you know, pressing the little buttons. But if you take charge of them and use them for your own purposes, you can use them as scheduling devices to assist you in real-life interactions.
1: Yeah, I really liked when you were, <laughs> we were using Slack to organize these events, and then it just sort of dawned on you one day, you're like, wait a minute, we have the technology, we can do better. Yes. And you started using, I believe it was an Eventbrite, um, yep. to kind of create a an official event to be able to have an, a list of people who are invited, people who can RSVP, like, There are technologies out there that you can engage with that let you very easily create these in-person scenarios um, and you don't have to run around and kind of ask everyone individually and keep track of with a separate list. And, you know, you can, you can lean. So I think it's important for us to, to note that what we're saying here is that we don't want you to avoid technology necessarily, but you know, be smart about how you're using it. So if you want to create an in-person event, there's ways that you can do that digitally that that won't be a burden on you and and yet will still hopefully lead to success. I mean, we I think the I think the one that we did before this most recent one, we did more of a kind of an ad hoc thing. We had let's say half a dozen people show up. When we engage with with Eventbrite we kind of were a little bit more official about it, we had I think over a dozen people show up. So that's it's you know, it kind of shows that if you're a little bit more organized um I think for one thing, it helps other people to to know. Oh, this isn't just something that's very fly by night and it may or may not happen. This is like a thing, right? This is happening. We're going to go have brunch together as a group. There's an Eventbrite. Like I have to RSVP. It's you know, it's it's a kind of a more of an official thing. I think that tends to to lend um, you know some social proof to that idea that it's really going to happen and it's going to be a fun thing compared to just sort of shouting at people or text or something, right? Like, do you want to come? Maybe we'll do this thing,
0: right? The the Technology to assist people to get together is out there and is pretty effective just use it for that purpose don't use it to don't let it use you to just be a, a source of eyeball traffic that's my I've um, just finished a, a neat book by a guy named Cal Newport who wrote a, a book called Digital Minimalism, which is uh, informing a lot of my thoughts on this matter at the moment that we spend a lot of time especially as developers interacting with these screens and then too, too often, we spend downtime interacting with just a different set of screens and you know, poking around on Facebook and on dating apps and on Reddit and on things, which can have their value, and you can learn some stuff, and uh, it's not that you have to get away from them entirely, but if you just kind of mindlessly scroll, then that's what you're doing, is you're, you're being mindless about it. If you use it to assist you in connecting with people, then you really get value from it.
1: Yeah, and I, I don't think there's anything wrong necessarily with mindless entertainment, but but it's something that you don't want to just maybe do in isolation, right? Uh, alone, You're, all I'm doing is just engaging very, like you said, very passively in this content. What am I really getting out of this? I probably not very much. So so having opportunities, and again, we're not saying that it's not. We're not prohibitionist. We're not saying you shouldn't do these things at all. It's just. You know, it's Sunday morning. Try and see if you can get some people together in person to talk about stuff and to you know to engage with people in that way. In addition to being on Twitter and being on Facebook, we don't we're not saying you have to get off those things entirely. It's just that you know you want to augment those activities with other activities that are more in person.
0: Yeah, I don't know that I'm prohibitionist exactly, but I would say I'm intentionalist in terms of it's worth really thinking hard about what value am I getting out of these services and how much time do I need to spend with them in order to get that value? And if those, if the answer to that question versus the question of how much time am I actually spending are way out of line, then that suggests that you could potentially save a lot of time and put that time to better use.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in, in our season premiere from this season, I talked about you know creating a public narrative and I talked about how I have shifted my... I'm not on Facebook. I do have a profile, but I don't ever use it. I'm not on there at all. Um, I do use Twitter kind of as my... Twitter and Reddit are kind of my primary social network things. Um, and with Twitter, I found basically after doing kind of an audit that that I, I wasn't really realizing that much value from it, like you were just saying. So in, it, with, in the interest of being intentional, like you're talking about, I purposefully unfollowed lots of accounts that I found were not providing me much value, and then I increased my follower count on uh, people I'm following for in a very specific way. So I've decided I want to engage with Twitter um, in a way where I can interact with other iOS developers, people who work at a company or people who are independent or whatever, um, and we can talk about iOS developer-y things, right? Because I don't, as a... I don't know this is probably not true in every facet of programming, but I found as an iOS developer in my career, it, it's a little bit isolating because you tend to be on a very either a very small team or a team of one. So you don't have a lot of opportunity to, to professionally discuss this kind of stuff. And so I've decided that I want to engage more with that kind of content. And I'm gonna use Twitter to do it. I've I found that my enjoyment of that service has greatly increased since I have become more intentional about how I'm using it. So I think that's great advice about, you know, maybe audit the things you're doing and try and bring more attention to them. And that will, I think, by by definition of doing that, by the nature of doing it, you will likely decrease your engagement with that thing a little bit because it will go from being very broad to being more specific. And so you'll be able to get that focused attention and engagement out of it. And then you'll be able to, you'll have more time to do other things like go to brunch and do, you know, do other things.
0: It reminds me of this famous marketing uh, debacle from a few decades ago, the the new Coke story. Yes. I don't know if you're, yes. uh, for our listeners who are maybe a little bit younger, Coca-Cola got to be just a gigantic corporation selling the same old Coke that they started in like the 1890s or something. And then in the, in the 1980s, they decided, you know, why don't we tweak this and come up with something that people like more? And they came up with a different formula and they did the blind taste test where you know, they go to grocery stores and tell people, have a little sip of this one, a little sip of that one, we're not gonna tell you what's what. And they found that people taking the little sips really liked the new Coke, the different flavor. And so they decided, all right, this is it, it's a gold mine. Let's make a whole bunch of new Coke and replace, well, phase out old Coke And so they started selling two liter bottles of new Coke and it was a big thing and you advertise on TV and stuff. And it turned out that people really enjoyed taking a sip of the new Coke. And then if you had a whole like eight ounce glass of it all at the same time, it was too much. It was too sweet and people got sick of it. And so they had, that's why if you're younger, you've never heard of new Coke because they got rid of it and they've stopped doing it forever. And I think twitter does that you know when you first sign up they say hey do you want to hear about sports or do you want to see funny cat videos or do you want to hear here's a cute puppy thing and when you just hear about it in the second you think oh yeah that sounds good oh yeah that sounds good that sounds good too and so you can end up with 500 accounts that sounded good for a second but then if you're seeing them every day it's like you're getting new coke just poured down your throat for gallons and gallons and gallons and it's just if you don't stop and think about what you're doing it's just awful but you don't even realize it
1: yeah it's very easy to get glutted on those things yeah and and the algorithm that runs those services tends to not understand that nuance is useful right for humans and so it's like you like sports you like cat videos well i'm going to show you 300 cat videos every single day and you're like this is way too much i can't i can't do this right so yeah i I, that's that's a really good uh really good story I, i think it's funny how people think that Coke brought, because what happened after that happened is they brought out Coca-Cola Classic as a way to say, this thing that you hated, we're getting rid of it, and we're bringing back the thing that you loved, Coca-Cola Classic. And now people revisionistly say, like, oh, they did it on purpose to juice the sales of Coke, regular Coke <laughs> no. by pretending to bring out, it's like, no, they incompetently... Yeah, it, yeah
0: it, was, it was a legit mistake.
1: It was a legit mistake. Like, they made a mistake, and they, and they fixed it, and, and that's, and I think that's also a really great story about, like, testing that you're that you yeah. know when you if you test for the wrong parameters right. you will get results that are not that helpful um so if you only take a sip of new coke that's a different experience than drinking an entire can of it or whatever um but yeah that that's that's all really good advice i think it's it's uh i do think that if you engage more intentionally you will sort of by nature engage less and then that gives you a frees up more time for you to do all the other stuff that we have on our list right like exercise and socializing in person and Okay. And It
0: might be, by the way, you, that you've moved to a new town and so you don't know anybody or maybe uh, the people you hung out with in high school are just kind of dorks and you don't want to spend any time with them. <laughs> but one way or the other, sometimes you get to a point in life where you do want to meet new people and it's harder if you're out of school. and uh, That yes. does tend to feel a lot harder because you're not just living yeah. with other people your age and stuff. Uh, yeah, it's I not built in. It's not built in. But again, there are software tools out there that can help a meetup is something that we've talked about before in terms of professional development and finding other ios developers or javascript developers
1: Mm -hmm. but
0: normal human beings use that service also to get together (laughs) and and,
1: uh talk about launch kickball league or yeah kickball
0: leagues or or, uh just talk about any subject anything imaginable you know cooking interests or people who like miniature golf, or people who own the same kind of uh, tiny dogs, or just anything you can think of, you can find common interest groups. And then when you go there, you already know that you share an interest with these people, because that's why you're all there.
1: Right. So then, then figure that lowers the the anxiety a little bit, because you can, you're like, well, if nothing else, I can at least talk to them about my love for corgis, or, you know, whatever, whatever that interest is, you can kind of uh, hone in on that and say we can start a conversation about that, and then if it happens to lead to other things, then great. Um, and you kind of you're off to the races at that point. Uh, so to transition to kind of the next thing beyond going and hanging out with other humans, which is a great idea, um, is I think it's especially this is especially an issue when you are when you do such a serious job, right? If you basically as a developer, right, our job is to think for a living and to engage our brain very actively to solve. Difficult technical problems, um, and that can be that can be a very serious thing. Um, so, having some way to to disengage that part of your brain and be able to engage your brain in different ways, mm-hmm. or not even engage it at all that much, right? Like no, mindless entertainment where, is basically.
0: That's where we'll we'll disagree a little bit, but go ahead.
1: All right, so <laughs> so I like that. You know, I certainly very much enjoy engaging my brain in all kinds of different ways. But every once in a while, I like to, you know, just play Beat Saber, right? Which doesn't require, it requires like hand-eye coordination, but it doesn't require a lot of very active processing in my head of some difficult concept or problem. Um, It's more of, it's more of a physical thing or like, um, you know, playing any kind of other video game or, or building Legos or, or things that, you know, it's an activity and, and you're, you're doing something, but you don't necessarily have to be at full capacity on you know on your your brain engagement um i find sometimes that, that can be a useful uh activity just to give your brain a break for one thing because I, I spend a lot of time you know very deep in thought and so having those kinds of activities is fun I, I take it that you you don't like doing those kinds of things
0: well no it's not that i don't like them it's that i find um while i don't have this problem with social media exactly i, I... I just never started engagement with those things. Uh, TV has always been around, and so it's very easy for me to just flip on the the tube and leave it on and and just have a, a stream of images coming at me for hours and hours and hours, and that kind of mindless entertainment, while it, it feels like at the end of a long day of intense concentration on something else that that kind of mindlessness ought to be relaxing in the same paradoxical way that exercise leaves you more energetic than you think it should. I think sitting in front of something mindless can leave you more exhausted than it should. It ought to be replenishing. It seems like intuitively and, and it isn't. So I think, um, and this uh, again is something that, uh, the book digital minimalism raises is that, uh, it's not so much that you have a finite reserve of concentration no matter what you're concentrating on, it's more that you have a finite reserve of concentration that you can use in a particular way. And so if you've spent eight hours uh, at your keyboard writing a software, that doesn't preclude you from spending another three or four hours building Legos or crafting the perfect meal or uh, working on a, a difficult musical piece you can still engage with those things and come out of those feeling refreshed.
1: Yeah. And I guess that's really, that's really what I mean, I suppose, now that you've described it that way. Um, not that it's mindless, but that it is just a different modality, right? You're engaging with your brain in a different way that, that maybe isn't as intense as like coding necessarily, you know, like cooking, cooking, I would say is less intense. I, um, you know, figuring out that musical piece that you're practicing with on your instrument that isn't not necessarily that could be even more intense depending on you know what you're trying to accomplish there but uh but it's it's if nothing else, it is definitely a different modality for your brain to engage in, so I think it's in the same way of like losing your you know we were talking about at the beginning like running out of energy right and and not wanting to get to zero so that you can do something else and come back and be refreshed. I think the same thing is true kind of for any kind of. Any kind of mental engagement, right? You kind of have, not a finite, but you have like sort of a, it it starts to run low and you have to like switch to a different tank of energy, right? And do something else. So let that other tank kind of fill back up. And so you can do Legos or, you know, cooking or something that isn't involving that same kind of brain energy, right? Yeah.
0: And it's, it's less of one tank than it seems like it would be. Right. But it's not if you get completely done with software uh for the day, you can still work really hard at uh going out to the shed with your dad or or whatever other thing that you love to do in your spare time.
1: Do you for I'm curious about the TV thing. Do you have cable? Do you have cable TV? I don't. And that has you really don't?
0: improved my life. I used to and it just sucked hours and hours of my life away.
1: Yeah. Because when you were describing you're like sitting in front of the tube, right, and having it send a string of images at you and kind of just sitting there mindlessly, I found that since I don't have cable anymore, um, that my video watching engagement has become a lot more specific. Yep. Um, I'm not super prone to writing the algorithm on YouTube or... Or letting I, – I increasingly am finding Netflix to be difficult to manage UI-wise because they keep changing their UI to try and get you just simply to engage, 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 no matter what it is. It's like, no, I want to find this specific thing and watch it and then be done. I don't, I don't want to just – yeah. So I've actually found that as long as I – and that's kind of my natural setting anyway. So as long as I kind of engage with video content, in particular YouTube, um, Hulu, any of those kind of services – I have things that I like to watch, so they're on my watch list, and I engage with those. It's a show, you know, Stranger Things 3 comes out, and we watch, we binge watch it, right? And it's fun. But then it's done, and it's over, and we don't spend an, just mindless amounts of t- dozens of more hours doing other things. Whereas when it like with TV, you know, one show would end and you'd be like, well, I'm done. And then they'd start showing the little preview of the next one. You're like, "Ooh, that looks interesting. And then you just keep sitting there and you end up six hours later. You've you've just blown a whole bunch of time. Right. Right. So I found that that the shift to more like on demand stuff has actually helped decrease my involvement with that kind of entertainment and be more pointed with it. Like I want to watch Stranger Things and then and then that's basically I'm, you know, for now I'm done. I'm going to do something else.
0: Right. And there again, I I can't be a prohibitionist. I I suspect probably my life would be better and richer if I just didn't have a TV at all. And certainly I would get the the thrill of joining the people who talk about how their lives are better and richer for not having a TV. (laughs) But I I have one in the house, and so I turn on once in a while, and uh, I, I don't always feel at the end of watching something, like, that was time well spent. But I do keep... Going back to it a few times a week,
1: yeah, and I think that's fine. I think I think that's kind of maybe that's my point around this particular topic is that you don't always feel like every single minute of your day has to be super 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 productive um, because this is not how life works. And 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 I think in the same way that you can run out of energy for a particular um, activity or whatever, I feel like if you spend so much of your time being so like so as a people right (laughs) as as a group of people i think developers tend to be very task oriented and very um focused on what what is the state now what state do we want to be in Uh and what steps do we need to get there right Mm -hmm. and how long is that going to take that's just kind of how we tend to work as you know our brains tend to work um and and i think sometimes it's it's good to exercise the part of your brain. that is more spontaneous and more, um, okay, we're doing this now. And we're going to spend an indeterminate amount of time doing it. And it may not be super fruitful at the end, but we're still going to have fun in the journey. you know, So you spend an hour watching a show that you didn't necessarily intend to watch. And you're like, well, I could have done something more productive with that hour. But like, I enjoyed myself. It was fine. I, I don't have to have every single minute of my day tasked out to perfect perfection as far as efficiency. And I'm not accusing you of that. I'm just saying like, I, I'm mostly saying that because I do that. <laughs> I like to be very like intentional with that stuff. And, and I need to remind myself that it, you know, sometimes it's okay just to sort of waste time. And I'm using air quotes in that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a, a good point. I tend to, uh, at least subconsciously have that as an ideal too that all, all time should be productive and uh, that's not what I want to advocate for here, but I do think um, you can feel like all time ought to be worthwhile. And so even if you you don't feel like at the end of any particular activity that you've you know advanced your career or your knowledge or something <laughs> right uh, right that it can still be either worthwhile or not, depending on whether was it uh, another episode of Hogan's Heroes to pick a random. 60s sitcom that I remember being on in in the middle of the day when I was talking about dating yourself. Well, I mean, I (laughs) wasn't watching first run things. No, I I realize. Or was it? Did I uh, read an interesting book, or did I uh, take my dog for a walk the way my dog wants me to right at this very moment, or or any of a hundred other things that, if you can imagine, someone at the end of the day or the end of your week saying, you know what did you do that was interesting? I think everything that you do ideally would be on that list. And it doesn't have to be like your program manager saying, you know, what did you do in order to to meet your quarterly goals? But still, it can be like, if, you're, if your grandfather is asking you, what did you do this week? You'd like to be able to say, oh, well, Monday, I had time with the dog and then exercised. And then I read an interesting book about Roman history. And then, you know, all kind of different stuff. But TV watching is almost never going to be on that list.
1: Yeah, right. I think self satisfaction is is what you're talking about, right? It's like yeah, so long um, as that's would not I be No, it is not. So like what what it, um you know, would I be happy with looking back on this as time time well spent in in the sense that you're happy with the time that you spent. Not that it is necessarily super productive or even potentially worthwhile to other people. That's the other thing. It's oh, like yeah, this true. is not a this is not about like what everyone else thinks is time well spent. This is about what you think is time well spent. So, so even if, if for you, if binge watching, spending a day while it's, it's raining out and you're spending a day eating popcorn, watching stranger things, binge watching the whole season, if you find that time well spent on that day, then that's cool. Like if that's something that works for you and you feel like you didn't waste that time and that it was a good sort of time away from everything else. Great. Right. If, if that idea for you is binge reading a book or going to a cooking class or, or, or going to a, you know, a musical instrument, uh, like a training session or, or whatever, uh, scuba diving, whatever it is. Like, as long as you are, as long as you, f- as you feel like it is restorative and useful to you, I think that's, what's most important. Not that necessarily everyone else thinks it's going to be worthwhile because the thing is everyone has their own opinion about that and and they will tell you if you, <laughs> if you let them right whether it's a good idea or it's, it's time well spent or not. So And I feel like the internet has a tendency to amplify those thoughts and feelings about how everyone else should be acting and and feeling and talking and all that kind of stuff. So engaging, you know, further proof that like maybe being more intentional about using the internet is a good thing, right? Because it keeps you away from a lot of that kind of, that like low roar of (laughs) of everyone else's opinions about you and your activities. Um, So with that in mind, mindful entertainment i think is also really useful um as a way to do something that isn't programming but is still interesting and engaging so we have on this list things like crafts or either continuing your education of a musical instrument or perhaps picking one up just because you're maybe an adult doesn't mean you can't learn new things um cooking power tools right (laughs) carpentry scuba diving whatever things you you think a lot of those things require you know equipment and intention and planning and scheduling and right. That's not,
0: you have to think about them while you're doing them. You're not just not thinking the same way that you think about software development.
1: Right. So I, I think those are, are all really great ways to have something else to look forward, like have something else to look forward to, honestly. Like when I'm, when I'm sitting in front of my computer and I'm, I'm teaching or I'm, I'm programming or whatever, it's nice to be able to think, this is great. I love this. And I'm not in any way complaining about my career. I love my job. But it's nice to be able to think, okay, well, in a couple of hours, I get to go do this other thing, right? I, I, you kind of have, and then like when you're doing that thing, you get to think tomorrow, I get to go back and do more programming. Like you kind of always have this sort of, because you're changing modalities, you have always something different to look forward to, which is, I found to be really successful for me.
0: And also, all of the non-screen things let you interact with the real world, and that's uh, something that a lot of software developers instinctually recoil from. We got into software because we were not great in shop class some of the time, and it's nice to not really depend on your hands being able to manipulate things. But you you can really get to feel accomplished in a short period of time uh, if you teach yourself how to do different things. And here again is somewhere in the same way that Eventbrite can be used to uh, to facilitate real-life interaction. It's okay to to use stuff like YouTube to teach yourself. Here's how I change my own oil, or here's how I cook this uh, kind of chicken that I've always been interested in, or here's how I. Uh, you can go to I think Ben and your dad. You still have an active YouTube channel on how to do different uh, power tool kind of endeavors.
1: Joe's Garage, Joe's um, Garage, which is yeah. So yeah, you can learn how to make different kinds of things and you know fix up your house, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I think I think that's a that's a really important point to make. That we're not again not saying that you should avoid these things at all costs. It's like be more intentional with them. So rather than just sort of riding YouTube's algorithm and just watching whatever mindless crap comes up on the screen. Instead, think like, oh, well, I'd love to learn how to do this. And then you look that up. I guarantee you there's going to be a video on YouTube oh, yes, about how to do it. Be. There's going to be several. Many of them will be not that great. But you'll find ones that are fantastic. We started We started watching Bon Appetit, the magazine. Bon Appetit, it's a uh-huh. cooking magazine. Yeah. that has been around forever. They, in the last, like, mm, I don't know, five, six, eight years, they've started to build up a pretty sizable YouTube presence and we sub subscribe to their channel, and their their videos are really fun and engaging, and their and the cooks, you know, the people that work at the at the company that that show off these recipes are really really funny, and and they have really great interaction. There's one where she just basically takes things like Skittles and Twinkies and all these sort of uh you know very kind of mass produced food items and she makes gourmet versions of them. So she tries to sort of basically reverse Mm -hmm. engineer engineer. the Twinkie and make like a fancier, better tasting Twinkie. Mm -hmm. But, but, but not having the economies of scale that, that like Hostess has to make a million of them with molds and stuff. She has to make like 12, right? So she, so she has to, and she, all she gets is just the ingredient list on the back of the box. And maybe, maybe if there's like a, how it's made kind of style factory tour, and she has to come up with that. So it's a it's been really fun to watch that because it kind of engages my engineering brain a little bit. But it's about food. And we've actually ended up with a couple of recipes that we've actually tried based on these things. So then there you go. You're not just you're watching and you're enjoying. And then you're getting some value out of it in the real world, too, by getting to, you know, I didn't know how to make uh, like Heath bar crunch, chocolate chip cookies with brown butter. I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't know what brown butter was, but I learned what it was from the show, and then we were able to make the cookies. By the way, they are fantastic. <laughs> Definitely try them if you look up the brown butter cookie recipe on on uh, Bon Appetit's YouTube channel. Um, but anyway, you know it's a it's a it's both in fun while you're watching it, and then it ended up being really fun to get to make them at the same time.
0: And that's the key transition because it would be very easy, I'm sure, to agree to just keep the Bon Appetit channel on and sit on your couch and watch 15 hours of different of recipes and think, Oh, that looks good. Oh, that looks good. Oh, that looks good. And that is not the highest, best use of your time. If you watch a a handful and you think, Oh wow, I want to make that one and then keep it with you, carry, you know, your, your device into the kitchen and press replay a couple of times and go through it and actually make something, then you're getting somewhere.
1: Um, so to kind of move beyond those kinds of things, um, and, and again, focusing on maybe getting out into the world, uh, cultural experiences. So going to the movies, something that I don't, I used to do a ton and I don't do as much anymore. I'd like to Same try here. and go more because even though you are sitting in a dark room, watching a screen, which is something you can do at your house for some reason, I don't know why, but the movie, especially like if it's an opening night, big movie crowd is packed, right? You get that different experience of, of watching this movie, and enjoying it, but then also kind of getting to enjoy everyone else enjoying it, which yeah. is a weird thing. But for some reason, my like, my, my like, uh, ancient animal pack sure. brain is like, yeah, we're all enjoying this together. It's yeah, super the fun. The whole right?
0: tribe is having a good time. That's important. Yeah.
1: So I, I, I really, really enjoy, I like sitting in the movie theater by myself too occasionally. But, but, but I really, most of what I like about that kind of experience is being able to kind of experience this thing with, I don't necessarily have to talk to every single person, but I get to sort of just sit with everyone and enjoy it as a group, which I find fun. Um, so movies or, or the theater, right, going to see a live performance, whether that be, a, you know, some sort of acting thing or a concert, um, going to museums. We for um, at one point when we were working together at the Iron Yard, we did a like a Christmas party in St. Pete. Where we got to go to, I'm not going to remember his name, but this guy who's a famous glass Galooly, artist. Yes. Yeah. So we got to go to this museum as a group. It was super fun, and we got, I got to see like sculptures and things this guy made out of glass that are just mind blowing. Like you, you're, you made this from with glass. Like how did you? He made a whole forest. He made like a whole scene with a boat and planets and and a, you stuff. know a shore and all, and it's all made out of glass. It was just, it was stunningly beautiful and mind-blowing that it's that that a human being can create this from such a what well, seems like such a difficult medium right yeah. working with glass would just be so difficult so and
0: there was the demo either the day before or right before yeah that's there right there was somebody uh just heating glass to thousands mm-hmm. of degrees i think and then yeah. working with it with these metal tools and it just it was wizardry mm-hmm. being performed right in front of us
1: yeah that was also really really cool i think that was connected to the museum or maybe it's yeah. connected to the to one of the I schools so. down there yeah, but that was that was also really cool and stuff that you just it, it's completely and totally outside my wheelhouse, right? There's just I, I have no comparison to anything that I do in my everyday life or even any kind of skill that I necessarily have, and it's just really impressive to be able to go, you know, see that kind of stuff. I find museums full of paintings not to be quite as fun, just because,
0: which is fine. Yeah, not not everything has to be for everybody, right?
1: Right, but but I but that doesn't mean that just because you know, you went to a museum once and looked at some old paintings and thought, man, what's the big deal mm-hmm. that there, there aren't other kinds of things. I didn't know that this glass museum existed and, you know, we, we were invited mm-hmm. to go. And so we went and it was just, and one of the, one of our other, um, coworkers had already been there. So she knew what it was, what mm-hmm. it was about. And she's like, you're not going to believe what, yeah. what you're going to see. And I was like, it's just yeah. a bunch of like <laughs> glass vases, right? Like what's the big deal? And then we go in and it's just like, oh my gosh, this is just mm-hmm. insane, so it's, you just, you never know, right. What you're going to, what you're going to encounter.
0: And here again, it, it's never been easier to find these kinds of things. You know, once upon a time, if you wanted to know uh, what was playing at the movies, you either had to go into the mall, which is where the only movie were played, or maybe look in the newspaper and see the times. And if there was some kind of more niche thing off at some college somewhere or some random spot downtown, uh, Unless you were kind of hooked into those organizations, you just never know. But now it's just pop onto a search engine and say, here's what I want to do, or tell me what are the cultural things that people like to do around here.
1: You can engage with social media. Or you can engage with the internet, right? Google and that kind of thing to, to, to use the technology to, with intention to do something that you want to do.
0: Right. And so that's, I, I think, the theme is not that you want to stay away from technology forever, but use it to uh, to facilitate things in your own life. Use it to make your life better. And the ways to make it look better uh, are going to involve times away from the screens.
1: So uh, to, to kind of close out our discussion of, of all these ideas, um, it's I think it's always good to provide a little bit of advice, kind of sure. a, a positive uh, end to the show. Um, so what are we, we, I think you come up with a kind of an idea for you and me and, and our audience to engage in, uh, coming up starting in the U S anyway, we have a a holiday called labor day that's coming up this, this coming Monday. Um, and so I think you wanted to use that as kind of a guidepost for starting a new, a new habit.
0: That's right. And uh, again, I'm stealing this from, uh, Cal Newport's book, uh, digital minimalism. That He likes to take stock every, uh, beginning of every season he's a computer science professor so he works on the academic calendar and he's probably doing it this weekend too to say for this quarter uh, between now and the end of the year what thing would I like to start doing and then every week he plans on revisiting it and say did I do it this week did I is there something that kept me from doing it is it something that I turn out I don't enjoy or don't really want to do and then change it if that's the case but uh, just say if there is some kind of craft or hobby that you'd like to get involved in where you're uh, sort of the active participant, uh, forecast a, a goal. You know, what would you like to be able to accomplish? If it's um, some kind of music that you want to get involved in, what's something that you'd like to be able to play by Christmas? Or if it's uh, if you want to get involved in cooking, what's a dish or a meal that you'd like to be able to make by the end of the year? Too hard for you right now, but if you work at it, where do you think you could get to?
1: I really like that. And I especially like that. That seems like a much healthier way to build a habit than like a New Year's resolution or something where you you name something and then you just say I'm going to do this this year, and then you don't do anything about actually making it happen. I like I like the weekly check-ins, and I like the idea that maybe you do explore this idea a little bit, and you decide you know what I don't like this. I don't want to do this right, and then you're not bound to just because you said you were going to do it doesn't mean that you have to do it. Um, you need to kind of do that discovery and see if that's something you do want to do. Um, so that's a really great idea. I, I like, and I, I think that's a good amount of time too, right? You don't want to spend the year thing. This year, I'm going to get like super lot. into, sh-. it's like, that's a lot, right? But if you just say one thing over the next couple of months and and in, and at any point in this process, I can decide after learning more about it that it's not an activity I do want to engage in and you can just, you know, cancel that and pick a different thing. Um, I think that creates, that's a much healthier way of, of exploring new ideas and and potentially finding something that you might love. Well, hopefully you love this podcast. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, We tried to kind of come up with some, some different ideas about ways that you can, you know, engage with the world that don't involve programming because it is, it may feel in particular we've, since we've been teachers of juniors and teachers of people that are in a very kind of compressed time timeline it can very much feel like that is it, right? That's all there is, is just this iOS or or JavaScript or this is all there is in my life is just this thing because you're working in this very compressed um, you know, scale of time.
0: Right, from the time you wake up to the time you fall asleep and then you dream about it, and then you wake up right. and you get right back. Right.
1: So to kind of keep yourself from you know, keep yourself sane in those idea in, in that scenario and, and to keep yourself healthy and grounded and and well balanced. Um, it's it's never too early to to work on these kinds of things. Don't think when I have a career in software I will worry about work life balance. Don't don't think that idea. Right? When what can I do today to have a better work life balance? Even if even if I am in a short boot camp and it is kind of my life right now, what is a small thing that I can do that is outside of that? Even if I do need to devote you know sixty to seventy hours a week on this this one thing. I can, I can throw an hour in here somewhere, right? I can, I can find at least like an hour of time where I can do something completely unrelated to, to software development. Um, and, and you'll be surprised by how much good that can do for you.
0: I agree. I agree. And if one thing that you'd like to do is to, uh, take little walks around town and you want to say, listen to a podcast on your journeys. Maybe you'd like to get the archives of this one. And if uh, our listeners would like to do that, Ben, where can they go and what
1: could they do? Everything you need to know about our, our show is at NBC.FM. That's our website where you can find all of the episodes that we've released so far, including this one. You can listen right on the page and find out how to subscribe to our podcast. We're, we're available basically everywhere that podcasts are available so if you just search for model view conversation you should find it if you happen to use itunes to do that if you give us a rating and review, that really helps us out and if you want to send feedback to us we're available on twitter at MVC podcast
0: thanks for listening talk to you next week